so then so like how did your um idea of starting this happen like what what was the inspiration for starting um the to do the Luis Palau Festival for Klamath oh okay well um let me uh, kind of summarize it at least the the startup of it um it happened in um June of uh, 2021. So it was almost uh, from the time that the initial uh, question was asked of the Palau's, what would it take for you to come down to Klamath Falls? Um, which I asked Andrew um, at a, at a like phone. Directly? Huh? Directly? Yeah, directly. We were, we were attending um, a function together. And we were standing in a food line. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so anyway, that's how it happened. Just kind of impromptu. And um, yeah, so from then to the festival day, of course, was May 27th, uh, 2023. So, you know, it was almost, uh, it was a year and 11 months. It was a year and 11 months, almost to the day um, that, uh, that that occurred. And and that's how it happened. Um, uh, Grandma and I have known uh, the Palau since 2020. Okay. Uh, when we came back from overseas, um, we had met um, we had met some of the Palau's, uh, Luis Palau, and 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 some of the others. And anyway, just kind of um, we've been in contact with them really for 20 years or 23 years and um so we were um you know not the best of friends of course but you know we hung out we we support them uh financially um i worked volunteered my um web design skills um on their website um way back in the early oh 2000s i guess um and um, so anyway, that kind of back and forth. And um, and um, so we still we were at that function together and it was just kind of a, hey, Andrew, um, you know, what would it take for for you to come to Klamath Falls and do a festival? <laughs> and uh, and his answer, his answer was, well, all you need to do is invite us. <laughs> yeah. So bingo, you're invited. And uh, so he set up, it, it's a whole process. It's a whole process that you go through to qualify. But um, he uh, put me in contact with um, the festival director um, of all the festivals. And that's, that's where it started. Yeah. Okay. Um, how, what started like the inspiration to want to have one? Like, why did, why were you like, huh? I want to have this in Clem Falls. Yeah. You know, um, I think uh, it was just a prompting of the Holy Spirit in me because there was no longing in my heart to have a festival come. I knew what they were because um, Grandma and I had been to one, two, three of them. Um, and um, so I knew what festivals were, and mm -hmm. I knew that um, I knew that they were that Luis 
liked to have festivals in Oregon because their international headquarters is in Oregon. Uh, since he moved up from, I think it was Venezuela years ago mm -hmm. and met his wife, his to-be wife at Multnomah Bible School. Well, uh, she's from uh, Newport, uh, she's an Oregonian. And so they made Oregon their home. And as the years went by and he traveled you know, internationally and had such a huge ministry, um, he said it was always important to him to stay um, to to stay focused on Oregon on his home on his home uh, state, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I guess I guess that's uh, that's why that happened. Okay, okay. So what are like? How do you qualify? How how do you become eligible to have one? Yeah. Um, some of the requirements, um, you know, once you, you interview and they say, yes, we would like to, but show us that there's an interest in the area, in your region. So, um, and you can, you can measure some of the requirements. So um, it's like, okay, you need to go, go back home, <laughs> see if you can um, uh, list 25 churches, at least 25 churches in your area that would be interested in coming together and participating, uh, participating as a church. Um, you have to raise so much money. Um, you have to raise $75,000 to show the goodwill, the intent, you know, um, of your area that yes, we have churches. Yes, we have, you know, we have uh, some funds that we begin to raise. And then um, just an overall um, invitation, once those two things are done, then an invitation to have them, have Andrew, as well as um, Kevin, who Kevin Palau is the president CEO, Andrew's the evangelist of the organization, to have them come down to Klamath Falls. And um, we had a special event. It was a luncheon. And um, they present then, okay, you know, this is, are, do you, are you sure you understand what you're getting into here? You know, this is what a festival is, and uh, this is what it looks like, this is why we do it. And, mm -hmm. um, and so they lay all that stuff out for that. It was a luncheon in our case. I think in other um, areas, you know, you can kind of say, hey, we're going to have a we're going to have a church meeting or we're going to have this or that. We had 150, 160 pastors and church leaders and county leaders come together for that luncheon. You guys did? We did. Okay. Yeah. And was how far into who how far into the process was that? That was in February of 20 um let's see. So 21 um that was in February of 22. So like 8 months in. Yeah, eight months in. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, yeah. So one um, kind of anecdote to to that is uh, we had um, people started started saying uh, the plows and some of the church pastors that hey, Klamath Falls is different. There's just something different about Klamath Falls, and uh, you know probably that sentiment what you can hear most anywhere. But they were insistent that that message got got through. 
Well, come to find out, um, our the interest level was exceedingly high for our small community. Hmm. Um, some of those, um, some of the, this was called a vision casting meeting, vision casting luncheon. Mm-hmm. And so some of those vision casting luncheons in towns throughout uh, throughout the U.S., let's localize it to, U- to the U.S., although they have these festivals all over the world, but some of them are much smaller. And um, Palau's told us that the, the huge festival that they had in New York City at that vision casting luncheon, they had like 40 people. They had mm. 40 pastors. Mm. And uh, so anyway, they come to Klamath Falls, Oregon, population maybe 50,000 roughly you know the the region and uh, we get mm-hmm. 150 i think it was 160 some uh pastors that attended that luncheon yeah mm. so wow. um anyway it's vision casting um they put it out there you sure you know <laughs> this is what you're getting into and um and um so after that then it was up to us to if we if we wanted it to get together, get to get get uh, the pastors, the churches together, and if we wanted to go forward with it, then it was up to us to begin to bring uh, recruit pastors, uh, bring a gathering of uh, pastors uh, of the region together, mm-hmm. and um, and and those are called what we call participating pastors or participating churches. And so we have a list of 101 churches here in the greater Klamath area. So that goes all the way um, almost over into South Central Oregon, down into Northern California, um, over to Lakeview and up in North County and in Klamath County, but 101 pastors. And um, so anyway, we started um, we started to um, begin to contact those people and um, recruit uh, recruit pastors, and mm. then that that process continued even through the through the festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through the festival. So, how would you recruit? Say, I'm a pastor. How would you recruit me? Like, what does that look like? Um, it's kind of crude. Okay. <laughs> like, do you want to be a part of it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's what I did. You know, okay. I, I kind of like it was kind of your role. That was kind of my role, yeah. And I kind of defaulted. There was a group of uh, four or five other men, uh, church uh, leaders, that um, were all for this idea, and they helped uh, up front begin to do some of that groundwork. But um, it kind of defaulted to me as chairman of what we call a steering committee, the early, early committee, uh, formation committee, and then uh, with the help of them. So one or two of them got, were pretty active, myself, and my approach was, I didn't, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know, and didn't know most of the pastors, whereas mm-hmm. some of the local guys did. So they went and talked to the ones that they knew. But I basically even stop at the church you know, and go in and introduce myself. And would you be interested in participating in this Luis Palau uh, festival? And uh, that's how I did it. Yeah. Um, And it was a long, arduous process. (laughs) 
Um, mm. it, it was amazing. Go back to, you know, I say that, um, hey, it must have been the Holy Spirit that put those words in my mouth when I was standing behind Andrew. Hey, Andrew, what would it take to come to Klamath Falls? Because I was not thinking about that when I got in line. <laughs> not at all. And then mm. um, when I was interviewing pastors, meeting pastors, inviting pastors, you know, it was like, um, it was like they didn't know me. And pastors are pretty careful, protective you know, people, especially of their churches. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, most of the pastors that I made those first calls on uh, agreed to be participating churches. Mm -hmm. And um, so those those pastors, pastors that the other guys had called on. Um, so that all that started that process of recruiting. And the effect we were looking for, uh, we were striving for building unity in the churches. And um, if there's, uh, in my mind, if there's one very, very important thing that comes out of all this work over the months, it's building unity between the churches, between the pastors, even between the church bodies, and getting churches out of their silos, you know, from behind their walls, out of their denominations, and come together and recognize that as, as evangelical Christians, we can uh, settle on one thing, at least one thing, and that we all believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And if that's all we can agree on, that's enough. Um, and I always use the analogy that, hey, you know, Jesus is, uh, Jesus is coming back. You know, Jesus is coming back to get his church and, um, you know, my take on that is he's coming back to get his big capital C church, not all the little churches, this denomination and this one and this one and this one. But he's calling his his single his single church, his church where everybody agrees that, hey, they exalt him, you know, and worship him as their Lord and Savior. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned um 101 churches participated yeah. and um then uh emphasis on like evangelical churches so did you like with that did you have like any um mainline denominations uh so like non-evangelicals like uh i guess what would be considered like the liberal protestant churches like elca or um I don't know if there's a PCUSA or even a Methodist uh, type of congregations participate, or was it mostly just able to get more like ev evangelical versus mainline, right? The evangelical denominations or non-denominationals, um, if you're understanding what I'm asking there. Well, I think, um, yeah, I guess, I guess what I'd say is uh, most of them, I kind of group lumped together as evangelical churches and non-denominational churches. Um, the two mainline churches, um, the two big ones like the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. or you know, if we're talking just very broadly, or the Mormon Church, um, and there's you know a lot of Mormons here in this area, and there are two diocese or uh, two parishes, each with 1,200 families, Catholic. Uh, mm. Catholic parishes. 
So that's 2,500 people here, 2,500 you know, mm-hmm. people. And uh, they did not participate. Mm-hmm. Um, I met with them. I met with the priests. They talked with the diocese. They, one of them said, uh, yes, I like this idea, but every, anything and everything we do has to go through the diocese. So he said he talked with the diocese and he said, we are not going to participate as a church, but I think it's a good idea. So um, anyway, we left. Um, they did not officially sign up as a participating church, you know, the Catholics. Sure. And uh, the Mormons didn't either. But I do know for a fact <laughs> we had uh, both, you know, at the, at the festival and even at some of the events that I can tell you about. But even at some of the events, you know, there were Catholics and there were Mormons there. And uh, it was just, hey, not officially as, you know, a church member. Okay. uh, Yeah. Do you have have Methodist churches? uh, There's one. um, And we had, um, we did not, the Methodists did not sign up as a participating church. But um, some of their, some of their congregants did come. Uh, and again, like the Mormons and Catholics, they did participate, you know, along the way. It's just that the Methodist pastor did not say, yes, I'm in. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So most of them were non, you know, non-denominational, but hey, the Baptists were there in full swing. The Nazarenes were there. Um, the Do you have any Presbyterians? Presbyterians, yeah. The Pres- okay. big Presbyterian church here was one of the leaders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any like Pentecostal churches probably as well. We had Pentecostal churches there. Yeah. Okay. Did you have any Lutherans or Episcopals? Um, well, we Anglicans? had Episcopals there. Uh, Lutherans. Yes. Lutherans came and signed on. It was like the very last week before the festival. You had some Lutheran churches participate? They, yeah. One, okay. one hmm. particular I'm thinking of. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So how many, how many, do you have like a number of how many churches there are in uh, Klamath County total or the Klamath area that you measured out of these 101? Well, uh, yeah, we, we kept track of 59 churches signed up as participating. Okay. So uh, going into the festival, um, the day prior to the festival, we had 53 churches that signed up, had been participating, working together. Um, and then the day of the festival, there were six additional churches that came at the festival and said, hey, we want to be officially be a part of this. Mm-hmm. So we had uh, we have a total of 59 churches that signed up. OK, out of 101. Yeah. OK, yeah. so about a little over half then. A little over half. Yeah. Ish. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah. I'd say the, the ones that are remaining um, of, of that 101. Um, I would say that they are, just as a reference, they're small churches in some of the very small outlying areas, you know, in the we had, uh, if you look, you know, think of uh, Klamath Falls as kind of the epicenter of everything that we mm-hmm. worked on. Um, well, all of the big churches, all the main churches, uh, most active churches um, did sign up as participating. Yeah. Okay. So church unity is very, very strong. Yeah, mm-hmm. very strong. And it wasn't just, hey, everybody's got their name on the same list. But now, you know, once they, uh, I'll, I'll mention this, once they signed up, <clears throat> then uh, there's requirements. It's, hey, 
okay, we, we, you as pastors need to meet together. We're going to gather together. And that happened to be about once a month, sometimes more frequently to talk about, okay, what are we going to do here? Here's an activity. Here's a meeting that's coming up. Here's a, uh, we put together a, um, a large, uh, we call it Renew. And it was a worship service at the Big Baptist Church. And there were a thousand people that attended. Oh, and a thousand people that attended. And the reason we had it there is because that's the largest church auditorium in town. Uh, and where is that one? Is that the one that's like by South Six? Yeah, that's it. Okay. It's bigger yeah. than, um, what's it called? KCC? Yeah, it is. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I've never been there. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, a thousand people had packed it. It, it wall to wall. <laughs> we yeah. had um, a thousand people. At a, but anyway, that was, um, it wasn't just pastors, of course, and staff. Sure. And that was, that was the, I guess, the target for the, for what we were doing there is bring them together, you know, and worship together and, and sing together and be together like that. But it also included, included a lot of lay people, you know, in that group. And it was, that was a, that was a huge, huge accomplishment, you know, to get a thousand people of about every church denomination, you know, in Klamath Falls together under one roof. Yeah. Um, I yeah. guess it had never been done before is what I was told. Yeah. 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 So going back to the like setup process, what was the, what was the hardest thing to overcome? in terms of getting the festival to happen? Mm. The hardest thing to, to see happen was church unity. Was that hard to like get them to be yeah. united? Yeah. We got criticized. I got criticized. Um, the early, early on when I was making those, um, those pastor call, calls that I'd mentioned, you know, um, there were a lot of them that's, said no we don't want to be a part of this or maybe or he kind of put put me off and uh so come to find out we had a we had a church um or we had a meeting we had a meeting and the way this is there's a the organization is structured is um we have what's called an executive pastoral committee um, and that's the leading pastors or most active, most influential pastors serve to advise um, the chairman and all the other committees, um, either we should do this or no, we shouldn't do this. And this is the reason. Well, so that one of the first meetings where well, there were 16 pastors there. And um, so we started talking and. Um, um, when the pastors said no, some of the pastors, when they said no, well, I just keep talking like your grandpa. I went and talked to him. Uh, they're at his business, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and other other lay people, other Christian business people, and just, what do you think of this? You know, this, this, and this. Well, there was such a groundswell of interest that... Um, um, Anyway, the pastors started hearing about it from their uh, from their people. Hey, did you hear about this? And are we going to be a part of this? 
Well, at that meeting, kind of that happened. Um, that came back on me and said, what are you doing out talking to our people? We're the head, we're the head pastors. Um, we're responsible for our sheep. And now the sheep are coming to us and saying, hey, let's do this. And um, that that's not how a church works. Mm. Well, you know, um, it was it was a pretty strong negative criticism to me. And um, the other thing was, um, and it happened at the same meeting, there was a lot there was a lot of negative things that came up. Pastors are busy. You know, I never realized how busy pastors were really until I got I got involved in this. And mm -hmm. um, so I think that was part of where their responses were coming from. And what don't I was, have enough, we got enough to do, we, we, yeah. you know, we don't have any more time to do anything else. And um, then the other comment that was put out there is, who are you? You are you're not a pastor. And who are you to come and try to tell us how to run our churches? And um, so I was under the understanding, Colton, that, um, okay, I, I was chairman of this festival. And um, so what that meant was I was supposed to provide some leadership. Well, I think I had the blinders on because, again, you think of leader, a uh, leader as being, you know, strong and let's go and rah, rah, rah in mm -hmm. some ways. But the thing that makes these festivals work is that the pastors have to own it. It has to be theirs. It can't be mine or anybody else's and come and hear, will you, will you help me do this? But it has to become ingrained in their church, um, in their church practices. Uh, they have to get their church people involved in this committee and this committee. And, you know, it's not me doing that. It's the pastors. So they have to own it. And um, we were, wow, 180 degrees away from uh, them owning it. And it was like I was bringing to them this thing to do. So, <laughs> um, you know, pastors are busy. Pastors are very sensitive people. Pastors are um, very, very special people. And, um, you know, I've read about some other festivals and uh, nothing is ever mentioned about, you know, the, um, the special, the special church unity that's been built, um, you know, re um, and recognized It's like acquaintances and, um, and whatnot or friends, but never coming together. And um, uh, like we're seeing here in Klamath Falls. Mm. So that's that needs to continue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's so, one of the, that's one oh, of the things, ahead. you know, if you put on a checklist, where are we going from here? And maybe we're not there yet uh, with your questions, but uh, that is that's the number one thing is church unity. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe talk a little bit about that a little bit more. Tell, and then maybe we can get back to the festival. So, like, what is what does it mean for the assembly of God church to have unity with the Baptist church um, and the non-denominational church and the Calvary church and the Presbyterian church. Like what is, um, so when you're, you're saying church unity, um, what does this look like practically? And what was it before practically? Like, what are you seeing now that you weren't seeing before? 
Well, I think before, the before part, I think, is the easy thing that I would say is they never got together. They certainly never ministered together. They certainly didn't um, all churches get together and send some people down and go clean up Main Street. Uh, nothing like that could ever be expected. Whereas now, now um, that has happened. It's happened twice. And it's called, um, we've got a committee uh, that's called uh, Tidy Town. <laughs> and Tidy Town is, um, is cleaning up Main Street uh, windows and um, and uh, streets and sidewalks and all that stuff. And they've had um, one, uh, one day they had 87 people out coming together from all the churches and their workforce was that and they cleaned up. And I don't know how many were at the other one, but uh, uh, still a really good turnout. That yeah. never happened uh, before now. Um, I think on the practical side, <clears throat> You know, the festival is an evangelical, is an evangelistic outreach. That's what the festival is. And the mm -hmm. purpose of it um, is to change, impact the, the greater community, not just the church community, but the greater community, so that the church can speak into the community on all kinds of things like education and um, I mean, you just go down, go down a list, build your list of the different spheres of culture, you know, um, and that is what we're after. Um, you know, it was explained to me, and I like this, that um, evangelism is mission. And to me, that means, hey, evangelism is you do evangelism, you do evangelism with your hands, with your feet you know, with your time, your attention, you do it. And we call that the mission. But that's the practical side. And in order for that to happen, though, you have to have an organization structure that will allow that to happen. And so with this um, festival model that the Palau's have, uh, you know, it's taken 50 years to develop this, starting with Luis, well, actually starting with Billy Graham, um, and then Luis began to model his um, his outreaches like the Billy Graham Crusades. And um, but it's built on committees. And so um, like there's a service committee and we call that city serve. And there's a prayer committee. And um, I'll come back to that in a minute because that was that is special. There's an evangelism committee. Um, there's a family fun zone committee. That's for this festival in particular. And um, we, had 50, we had a family fun zone at the festival. And there were 50 some activities for kids and people for people of all ages. I mean, we had the bucking, bucking bowl, you know, mm -hmm. and we had uh, all kinds of face painting. And I mean, you name it. Uh, we had all kinds of things. And we had a, a gaming tent. Um, uh, I can't be, I can't remember all of them, but there were 50 some of them. And we had a committee that had great leadership and they put this all together. And um, according to Andrew Plow, um, that it is the best and biggest family fun zone that they've ever seen at a festival. And mm -hmm. so that was, it was a big, big hit at the festival, but family fun zone. And um, then we have some other committees, uh, church relations. 
who's going to be in charge of contacting these pastors and keeping them talking, uh, that sort of thing. And then uh, there was there's another oh, pretty obvious one fundraising. Hey, um, we raised a lot. We raised a half a million dollars, and that half a million dollars was raised through that fundraising committee, and it was raised from individuals and churches. Mm-hmm. There's no government money. There's no grants. There's no loans. There's nothing like that. It's all you know independent gifts which is remarkable again um, in our community, the size of the community. And um, all of those funds came together in the last eight months. So Mm -hmm. we raised a half a million dollars there. So the fundraising committee, but it's these committees, it's these committees that do something that involves the the pastors and the churches. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, that I think um, what I'm, you know, my point is, hey, you get back to this mission uh, concept, and I think that the committees are able to uh, are able to um, practice mission, hmm. their hands and their feet and all that by doing the things that are underneath them that they're that they're assigned to do. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounds like you're saying that the churches had to get together in order to. Um, do the evangelism mission right yeah. okay yeah. yeah and so then so like what's the plan moving forward um when you talk about um church unity going forward um is it bu- like how do you build off of what it, what was started with um because some of these things like some of these committees uh sound very um, particular to the event itself as they needed to yeah. be right um some of them maybe less so but so like what's the yeah what's the what's this what are the things happening moving forward with church unity yeah um so what we envision and we're working on constructing this this organization okay um, so what what we're working on the three obvious committees so we want to take we want to take what, what's, what's working, <laughs> what's mm-hmm. working, and that's what we want to start with. So we've identified the City Serve Committee, the Evangelism Committee, and the Prayer Committee. Those are the three active committees um, that still are doing something now, um, and that will just carry on into the new structure, the new entity, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, we're building that out. And um, what it's going to look like in the end, um, you know, I can't say for sure today. Um, I think I've got an idea of what that's going to, I've got, we've got a team of people that's coming together. We're going to meet with the pastors later this month, the executive pastoral committee, and uh, also bring them in, especially at the beginning. And so they, so we don't get into this. Well, what are you doing behind our backs here? (laughs) This is a surprise. But we want them again to to help build this thing, and um, so um, from the get go, they will have their vote, and they'll have their input, and so uh, that will involve the pastors, and that's that again, that's going to be key for this uh, church unity. Um, I think what we're going to do, we're looking into. There's an organization of pastors here in town called the. Uh, 
Klamath Evangelical Association. Okay. And it's been in, a, in existence for about 20 years. And it's kind of ebbed and flowed. The idea was pastors, let's get together once a month and um, enjoy some fellowship together and maybe invite a special speaker. And so I guess they've done that, you know, over the last 20 years. And um, and uh, sometimes they've had real active um, participation. Other times, hey, it's dwindled down to two or three people. And um, however, um, they have uh, new pastors that are assigned to leadership of it. And one of their goals is to do just what we finished doing, is uh, recruit as many as many pastors as possible to come together uh, in unity um, to see how what they can do and how they can do it to impact the community. So they have um, talked to me uh, a few times now and invited, put the invitation out, well, why don't you just operate? Why don't, you can operate under Klamath City Fest. We are going to keep that name, Klamath City Fest. Okay. But uh, once you operate under the Klamath Evangelical Association, they call themselves the KEA, operate under our uh, 501c3. It gives you a structure. It will give provide some banking uh, connections for you because, of course, anything you do is going to require money. So there'll be funds, there'll be banking, so we will need that. So... Um, that's kind of where we're leaning right now. It seems to make sense um, perhaps to, uh, in some fashion, and I'm sure there are nuances to how to set this up, you know, legally and what's the best way and whatnot, but it um, is, is to kind of move underneath their name, but autonomously and still represent, operate out on the street as uh, Klamath City Fest. Okay. Um, and yeah. so, so like the other committees would still be Klamath City Fest committee. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Do you have anything else to add about that? About moving on? Yeah. Uh, yeah, or just the church unity in general. Um, things that you've experienced personally that have been powerful, or things that maybe. You're, yeah, very, yeah, just like high moments, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess one of the high activities that we have had would be the prayer committee. Oh, okay. Yeah, you said you were going to mention that again. Yeah. yeah. And what's remarkable, <laughs> what's remarkable, it could be, it is to me, because I've lived through it. <laughs> um, there's a, a lady pastor. She leads a non-denominational Pentecostal church. Her name is Ann Hall. And she led this prayer team. And how she did it was that she would call a prayer meeting, schedule a prayer meeting, um, at, and she would rotate from church to church to church. And she would try to coordinate. She'd talk to the pastor. Are you interested in having a prayer meeting uh, at your church? And uh, when would you like to have it? And so that went on for the better part of... Um, 12 months leading up to leading up to the festival. The participation in that was phenomenal. Hmm. And the mixture was phenomenal because you had Pentecostals like herself. 
and you had Baptists, and you had Nazarene, and you had you had all denominations, all kinds of denominations coming together. And of course, in prayer, um, the Pentecostals, <laughs> if I could say this, that um, you know, they didn't get really out there too far dancing and jumping and praying in tongues. Uh, although they did, because I was in some of those meetings, and they did, they just didn't, they weren't obnoxious about it or try to take over. Um, I don't know what how you describe it, but you know, the grace that the grace that was shown of all those people that came together. That though was like a binder. <laughs> it was like a binder that helped bring all these churches together. Mm -hmm. And they began, I think, to trust each other, knowing that, hey, there's not going to be any craziness going on here. We're going to be praying. And um, and that's exactly what happened. And mm -hmm. um, but and she did such a such a great she'd send uh, prayer notes out before the meeting, a week before the meeting and say, these are our prayer points. We want to pray for the leadership of City Fest. And uh, if we go back and read in Psalms 20. Seven four, or some scripture, she'd list a scripture or two or three that would support that type of prayer, and then um, so kind of praying the scriptures, and so it was instructional in that way, and it was really um, refreshing for a lot of people. They really liked participating like that. Mm. So I think that's one of the key things. Um, going forward, and she has agreed to continue leading that committee um, with kind of the same format as what's worked in the past. But mm -hmm. that was one of the highlights, one of the really, really big highlights, I think, that really allowed this festival to be as successful as it was, um, you know, um, was prayer. It was just mm -hmm. that rock of prayer. And um, mm -hmm. it was it was always in meetings um in meetings and get togethers over lunch or whatever there was always prayer there was always prayer um so it um it was really good yeah so that that's one one thing i'd put out there yeah mm. real special mm. that's yeah. good um so i guess turning our attention towards the the event itself how did you yeah um how did you feel like the event itself went? And for maybe those who, I don't know what we're going to exactly do with this, but like how, like describe the event for us too. For somebody else putting it on, putting a, having an event like this? Uh, Well, I don't know. Like, so we're recording the video, right? I'm not sure if, what we're going to do with it, if we're going to post it somewhere or not. Um, oh. But maybe there'd be someone watching who doesn't, know what exactly happens at yeah. a plow festival yeah. and then yeah yeah well at the festival it's a big um, it's a big christian party that's what it is <laughs> you know uh some have described it as a, it's a big church party um and it is um it is but again what you're doing it's free and so what you want to do uh being evangelistic is you want to draw people in that don't know Christ and introduce them uh, to Christ in some activity along the way. And so the festival itself is like a big carnival. Uh, it's like a big Christian carnival and uh, all kinds of activities. And then we had uh, two 
um, headliner artists there, the Newsboys and Ryan Stevenson. So they they performed, and uh, then Andrew gave a, a gospel message with an invitation to accept Christ. We had at the festival 689 people that accepted Christ. Hmm. Um, so that, you know, was a big deal. Mm -hmm. you know, 689 people. We had 13,000, uh, 13,300 people that we have recorded as being, uh, at, as participating in some form or fashion, some activity throughout the week. And so uh, we had the festival. That was the big thing that happened at the end. But that week, well, we went and um, gave the gospel message in two different prisons, one in Madras, one in Lakeview. We um, uh, went to like seven or eight county and city schools in Klamath. You can't present the gospel in those public schools, but mm. you can, um, you know, the BMX bikes, you know, mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. and things like that. Well, they took the show of the BMX riders, you know, to all the schools they set up and in each one they did an assembly. And then they talked about building good character on Christian principles. And so that was the approach uh, to those schools. We had uh, some outreaches, most effective, um, the most effective and highest conversion uh, of people that attended. There were two ladies meals, a luncheon and a dinner. And um, I don't remember the exact numbers right now, but it was like 400 total women went to those two events. And it was like 89 women accepted Christ uh, between the two at, at those. So, you know, the ratio of, you know, conversions is really high at those events. And then the men, we had uh, 300 men at a men's, uh, at a men's dinner. Mm. And um, boy, I'll tell you what, um, we had, uh, this was all ages, you know, it mm -hmm. was, mm -hmm. it was from probably high school on up. And uh, we had, out of those 300 men, we had 58 that accepted Christ. And I had one at my table. You hear these things all over. This guy was in his 70s, like me. And he says, I'm a Catholic. They fill out a card at the end if they want to accept Christ, if they have questions. And he said, uh, he said on his card, he says, I'm a I've been a Catholic, but I want to know about this Jesus. And so that was his invitation to follow up, somebody follow up and, you know, with him. And so I'm able to do that with him since he was sitting at a table that I hosted mm -hmm. and uh, there was like 40 tables or so. And um, yeah, mm -hmm. but really effective. And uh, it, it was huge. We had uh, the FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, at the very last minute, they had their own dinner, and it was put on by one of the football coaches at Henley, and um, and another football coach. I think it was from Mazama, maybe. And anyway, they had like um, 60, 60 uh, attend, 60 athletes attend that dinner, and there was I don't I don't know the exact number, but like half of those guys 
half of those guys accepted the Lord that night. So it really penetrated throughout the week. There we penetrated, you know, as many as many groups as we could, you know, with the gospel. And um, so for uh, you know somebody that's looking for that's the effect, that's the impact. Um, that we want if somebody were to ask me you know what do you what do you want out of this well it's it's to change the community mm -hmm. it has to be done in a way there has to be ways like going back to mission there has to be a mission you got to be able to what it what does that mean well it means being a part being a part of the school board it means you know being a part of this and this and this being very active and almost a I say almost aggressive in an in an, in an evangelistic way um, that mm -hmm. uh, hey we want to change this community we want and I uh, find finally I told uh, somebody that's uh, helping write a purpose statement for us going forward I said uh, you might think about using the phrase a uh, God consciousness in the community and. Um, you know, take that for what it's worth, but it's like, hey, people think about God and think about Jesus. Whereas before, you know, uh, before this event, uh, you know, people never, never talked about it. We had, um, we had signs everywhere, <laughs> mm -hmm. signs everywhere in this community, on the mm -hmm. streets, the main streets, on the side streets, I mean, on billboards, everywhere. And um, if I had one here, I'd show you. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, do you saw? Them? Mm, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we had them everywhere, and so it's like, hey, people are used to this, you know. And I'll go into. I was in Albertsons the other day, and somebody came up to me and said, you know, I don't even know who they were, but they saw me around City Fest, and you know, they said, "Are we going to do more? Are we going to have this again next year?" <laughs> and uh, uh, you don't understand <laughs> yeah and uh so anyway there's a, there's a lot of interest and you know you hear testimonies like that you know but it's like hey there's a big financial investment the community the community invested a half million dollars in branding klamath city fest and that's the reason we're going to keep it going as klamath city fest is because it has such hot such high goodwill about it but such high recognition too awareness mm -hmm. and, um, but those are the types of things you know um, is just getting going for the numbers of people and we were had been praying for 10,000 and I felt like months ago um, Hermiston had one in 2021 in the summer and they had like five or six thousand people there and uh, which is a really good turnout. They had a nice, a nice festival. But after we started working on ours, I don't know, my craziness or maybe the Lord spoke through me or something. But, you know, I just put that, uh, that number of 10,000 in my head. So I started kind of sharing that. And um, let's pray for 10,000, 10,000 at the festival, 10,000 at the festival. And lo and behold, um, you know, that's what basically what we had at that festival. We had more than that, you know, uh, turn out for the entire thing. So it's, um, 
You just got to go for the numbers, get the numbers out. The gospel is going to be presented. And what you're after is one of the measurements is how many people accept Jesus. How many people make that decision, you know, to turn their life around or to reach out for help um, in that way. And uh, the more people you have there, the more people, more responders you're going to have. And um, so maybe in a worldly sense, that's, you know, that's one thing. But, you know, Jesus told us, hey, take the gospel out to all parts of the earth. And mm -hmm. so maybe that's, uh, you know, one thing that happened here in Little Klamath Falls, Oregon. You know, uh, that was the success of that in the numbers far exceeded what we ever thought what we ever thought especially the number of responders mm -hmm. yeah so with the uh, people who responded so what is the like yeah. how does that go um like the follow-up do they get connected to a church um is there like a discipleship process yeah. or like i'm imagining that there's probably something afterwards yeah there is yeah good question and it's got it's so essential our evangelism team committee. So that falls under their responsibility. Um, but what happens afterwards, all the cards are, are collected, turned in, in one fashion or another at, at the festival, when somebody raises their hand and say, yes, I want to make a commitment to Christ. Well, somebody immediately is right there and walks them through, walks them through filling out this card. And so those types of cards are then collected from the festival. Mm. Cards are collected from those meals, like I mentioned, in any place and every place. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Those cards are taken then, and they're all entered in a database. Database. The people are assigned to a church. Maybe on on the card there's a place. Is there a church that you know of, or a church you attend? Um, and if there is, that's where that that card is that that person is assigned to that church if there's not then they're assigned geographically oh well you live in this neighborhood so probably the nazarene church up on the hill that's probably um, a good place um, for you to go to mm -hmm. well it's the evangelism committee that um, is in charge of that following up on that those cards then the pastors at all those churches are alerted like our little church out here, we had six people that were referred to us. Pastor okay. Bob, he called each each one of them. And uh, now we have five of the six coming to church out here. Mm. And so um, I don't know if that's, um, you know, that's kind of the ratio we're going to look at around town. Uh, it's high. It's great. Yeah. But mm -hmm. um, uh, anyway, the evangelism team is following up with the pastors. Pastors, do you need any help on follow-up? And um, um, typically, historically, pastors have taken that very seriously, and they haven't needed much help. I mean, um, that's what they work for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People that are interested, you know, mm -hmm. present the gospel. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that the follow-up, and then, uh, of course, get them in a church, and then there's um, there are uh, discipleship programs that are available at churches. Palauso also have an excellent one that we'll probably pull the trigger on and use it as a specific, um, if churches don't have a discipleship program to get new people started, 
will mm -hmm. probably recommend that one and that'll be through the evangelism team. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Is there like numbers too on how many people go through with follow-up or do you not track that? Um, I haven't seen the numbers yet. Okay. We probably, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how far the tracking goes. Uh huh. I see. Yeah. It goes to so many, so many people were referred to the first Nazarene church. Um, uh huh. And you kind of just distribute it out between the churches. Yeah. Put yeah. the onus on them unless they need help or are not doing their job. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so how how has this like process um affected you um personally? Like um yeah, what ha or has it affected you? What transformations or things and maybe that's kind of a very long loaded question. Um, but yeah, has there been any like, I don't know, maybe we start with the biggest takeaway you've had from it personally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll try to, it could be a long answer, but I'll try to make Go it. Go as long as you need. Go as long <laughs> as you need. <laughs> That's a good one to think about. I don't know that I've, you know, everything's come together. Uh, leading it as everybody that was involved in one way or another, depending on what their assignment was. It's a spiritual battle. Um, I've never experienced so many hardships. Mm -hmm. um, James three one, right? Uh -huh. Oh, James three one. Uh, at least in the King James, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Or you know, beware if you are a teacher, because yeah. you're going to have harsher judgment fall on you. Type of a thing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I never, I never realized it. I, I recognized it along the way, and I asked for prayer. I went to our prayer team. Um, there's a prayer team in uh, Portland at the Palau's, and I'm real close to some of those people. There's an organization called Pray Oregon, uh, who's associated uh, with the Palau's, and um, <laughs> to them. Uh, but they came my way too, but they've been through these things before and they recognize that. So, um, you know, it was, it was, it was hard, uh, in that way. That was probably the most difficult thing that I experienced. Um, mm. the, um, after the festival and still I'm kind of in that space of, um, worn out <laughs> physically and emotionally and, um, even I, I don't know if you could say spiritually or not, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it was a big task. Um, it was a big task. So I don't think I've um well I've said it before publicly, and it's like, hey, I've never done anything this hard before. And I don't know the exact words, but I've never I've never done anything before in my life that um has been as fulfilling as mm. how I've spent the last two years. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. There's nothing that compares to it. Mm. So um, I've, yeah, so that's, I guess, on a personal note, um, 
I'm trying to figure out what is my part going forward? What do I want mm. it to be? What's God want it to be? Sure. Um, What's your role in that? Yep. So most people that I've heard from, all people that I've heard from, if it's come up, it's, well, you're going to lead it. You know, that's a given. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I um, I guess, uh, yeah, the truth of the matter is I probably will, Colton, because I don't know what, I guess that maybe God's going to give that to me. To, it's going to be my next life experience. Is, <laughs> is is working on that doing that yeah. mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i'm not at the point of saying oh yeah this is it this is what i'm going to do and i i haven't quite reached reached of course before there were there's there was probably before um there was probably a sense of calling before you know after i talked to andrew and andrew says well just invite us then the calling hit and it was like how many times did i quit <laughs> But I couldn't quit. And uh, I just, I couldn't quit. So uh, from a spiritual level, I, I say, hey, God didn't let me quit. It wasn't mm -hmm. an option. Yeah, I was playing around that with that in my head, but really, God wouldn't let me quit. And um, so I didn't. But, and it was a sense of calling. How he's going to work this out, I just trust that, yeah, that sooner than later, you know, I get to the point I get to the point where um, that's worked out and I'm either going to be in or not. Be in. Maybe there's something else. Yeah. yeah. We've taken um, three months off after the festival, everybody, mm. except for if those three committees, they have a few small things going on. They're going to be active, but uh, nothing big. So come September, mid-September, we've calend we put on the calendar a date whereby we're going to have a big gathering here in Klamath again. And um, I don't know, hopefully a few hundred, maybe a few thousand now, um, where people come together, we'll have worship time, uh, we'll have a message, probably have Andrew come and speak again and mm -hmm. help lay out at least um, uh, expectation of moving forward. And I don't think, nobody's done this before. Can you believe that? Uh, nobody has done a successful follow-up, ongoing uh, successful follow-up from a festival. And What uh, makes it successful or not? Well, I guess that it happened and it's still happening. You know, and then you can probably establish some metrics in there. Well, what are you doing? Who are you reaching? What are the, what's the evangelism effect? How many decisions for Christ? I think mm. those would be fair metrics to use to measure success, mm. but nobody's been able to keep things together, the church unity, keep things together and moving forward like that. Mm. And so what's, if we take this on, you know, the expectation is that we will build, we'll create some new model that will not only work here, but will also work elsewhere. And it's not, you know, don't take me wrong. It's not us. It would be the Lord would be created, use us to create that because I can't see going through a big deal like this. I mean, two years, um, there was myself and then um, Randy Shaw, who served as called in as my, um, 
I called Randy in as my co-chair, uh, even though he runs his real estate business. You know, <laughs> uh, he gave he gave a lot of time to this, and of course myself. I mean, this was full time work for me, you know, being retired. So it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, and uh, I don't know. Kind of anxious to see what the Lord's going to put together. Mm -hmm. So when you say fulfilling. What does that mean? This is the most fulfilling experience you've had. Mm. Maybe it's something. Um, maybe what I mean by that is it's something that. It, it's something that I've done in my life, been a part of in my life. Not that I did it all because I did not, mm -hmm. but I was part of it. Mm -hmm. And it had the highest meaning of purpose to it or of anything yeah. I could be doing. Hmm. Yeah. So I'd say it's fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a good thing. To keep doing then. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, uh, and I can't remember all of the exact things off the top of my head, but, um, the, metrics for meaningfulness usually involve um, some sort of enjoyment and sense of significance, but also some sense of difficulty. Um, because if something is significant, it, it can't really be significant without difficulty, right? So yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know if I have any other questions unless I'm, okay. yeah, yeah, is anything else um, I should know? Anyone else should know about a festival like this? Well, it's a hard thing to do, but it's, um, yeah, a successful festival has tremendous impact. And uh, I don't know anything more meaningful that you could do. It's probably the most effective evangelism tool that I know of you know, on a broad scale um, that I know of. There's, uh, so it's something, and it's something community-wide. Uh, you know, it involves, it involves everybody in the community, if they choose, mm -hmm. you know, to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And you're there to, you know, try to bring the gospel of Jesus to even non-believers. And uh, I think it's effective because non-believers see everything that's going on and it's good. And I think that carries, carries a lot of weight in uh, helping put the gospel, uh, in, you know, in front of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, um, I don't know, maybe you have to live through it to really appreciate it. But I often say this is um, event of a lifetime, experience of a lifetime. Um, it may only happen once in your lifetime. You know, we had this. This community could not uh, sponsor another one of these every year for sure. Mm -hmm. um, could it do it every two or three years? Uh, maybe, small maybe. Uh, could they do it every five years? How about every 10 years? I think an event like this is kind of like, a, a, I don't know, dynamite stick. <laughs> You know, it, it's something that, you know, is a starter. And uh, maybe mm -hmm. we've started something, hopefully will last, um, hopefully will be will be long lasting 
but it's an igniter for something. But mm-hmm. maybe you need these, a community needs these igniters from time to time. And um, um, so I would say that for us here in Klamath Falls, that question's come up many, many times. I don't think our community could uh, support it, you know, very frequently, but I think it could support another one. And I'm thinking maybe in four or five years, it could support another one. But just on the fundraising side, you know, uh, half a million dollars is a lot of money from Mm -hmm. this community, small Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's good that we didn't have any major donor. It was all small gifts, really, except for one church that made several, uh, well, they were pretty good sized gifts, but um, they were still small compared to the total. But it took that broad participation. um, And that's, I think, one of the reasons that so many people got involved and got excited is, hey, they've got a stake in this too. You know, and some people at one end, well, maybe it's only $10, but by golly, I gave $10 for this. And then maybe some people are 10,000 and, um, you know, and one thing I learned and I, I knew this going in and I was sharing this with uh, fundraising is, hey, usually the first gift is not the last gift. If they, if somebody gives money and they like it and they're seeing good response or the Lord just simply moves on their heart, you know, they're apt to give again. Mm-hmm. And um, so don't think your donors are are done with just, you know, one gift. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so maybe it's, um, maybe time will come around and um, Klamath Falls, Oregon will have another festival, you know, help ignite things and carry it to the next, next point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's good work still to be done. So yeah, I think you're right. I, yeah. I think all right. Well, that seems like a good place to end it. I'll okay. stop. I'll stop. The re- I'll stop the recording.